I'm Aaron. I'm Jeff. And this is The Final Word with Jeff and Aaron. You know it. You love it. It's back again. It's true. And and we have a brand new Facebook page. It's very true. It, this post, this this podcast will be the first one that's legitimately posted to said Facebook this, page. This is true. And you can find said Facebook page by searching for The Final Word with Jeff and Aaron on Facebook or or our, whatchamacallit, the, the, the URL. The first URL. Of all, I don't even know if you can, right now there's not enough traffic. I doubt you can actually find it by typing in the final word of Jeff and Aaron. I don't think that's going to succeed. But um, you'll, you'll definitely get there if you go Facebook slash T-F-W-J-A-A. And there should have been another W in there, but I sadly cannot change that after the fact. Yep. So, so I guess just the final word, Jeff and Aaron. Yeah, or, yeah. The final width? The final, the, the final, final word with. with, word with is one word. The final word, word with. with. Word with. Is yeah. that kind of like wormwood? Um, sure. But yeah, so that's cool. Uh, we have a place. What I'm particularly excited about having a Facebook page for is now you guys can leave comments, uh, which please do. I'd love to hear from you as I don't know who you are and it'd be really cool. That's true. And I basically invited every single one of my friends. Likewise. So if and unfortunately, like there's 300 some, and I probably don't remember a lot of you. But okay, see, I was gonna admit that because that seems harsh. Every I mean, single one of your Facebook friends is precious. Dang yes, it. I mean, okay, let me put it this way: I probably would go through and be like, "Oh, I remember this person." I probably haven't communicated with you like since we became friends on Facebook. Yeah, I mean, that's what Facebook's for, right? It's right. a archive of your friends. That you may not necessarily yes. have the energy to constantly contact because 300 people would be a lot of people to talk to in a week. This is true. This is true. Anyways, with that, we were going to do our, our tradition. Yes, our first fact. Hey, Google, give me a fact. Wikipedia says that avocados are technically berries. They can also be called alligator pears. So, first of all, that sounded more like a bear, not an alligator. I agree. Also, alligator pear, I knew that one. But I didn't know it was berries? Well, because it's got the pit in the middle, I think. Ask her what the definition of a berry is. Hey, Google, what's the definition of a berry? According to definitions.net, the botanical definition of a berry is a fleshy fruit produced from a single ovary. Grapes are an example. The berry is the most common type of fleshy fruit in which the entire ovary wall ripens into an edible pericarp. That made fruits sound not very appetizing. Yeah, it also was slightly... I really don't like the idea of uh, describing a berry as a fleshy something or other. Especially when it's also a fleshy ovum. Yeah, that's not great. But, that being said, apparently avocados, they're basically grapes. Is avocado a fruit or a vegetable? Yes, the avocado is a fruit. Click to get the full scoop on why avocados are considered a fruit. So I just love the internet today. Just of course. Add with this and add with that. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. So uh, shall we move on to the first topic of the week? I believe so. I believe um, we've determined that avocado is a fruit. And a berry. And a berry. It's a, it's a berry fruit. Right. And of course, if it's a berry, then it's a fruit because fruits are, or berries are fruit. It's it's the logic problem. All berries are fruits, but, but not, not all, all fruits, fruits are, are berries. That's true, too. Yeah. I don't know. Is there any rectangular fruit? There probably is. I mean, you know, rectangular the, the rectangular watermelon, so. That's true. Um, anyway. Anyways. So. So, Jeff, tell us. First topic. Uh, so, kind of an interesting thing happened Friday. Uh, I got home and I opened up YouTube as I do every single night because I'm addicted. Uh, and almost all of my favorite YouTubers were posting something about trees. Uh, apparently... It's this really big thing right now. They're trying to raise $20 million to plant 20 million trees by 2020. Considering that it's almost the end of October, they have two months to do this. I think it's probably about 60, 65 days, 66 days at this point. Um, and it's a really cool endeavor. Uh, if you're interested, go to YouTube, and I'm pretty sure almost everyone there will have some sort of a post on it. There's also a thing from The Verge, planting trees to take on climate change isn't as easy as YouTubers might think. Yeah, but Just, like, know. actually, no, it's really cool. So Mark Rober, one of the people that are kind of planning this whole thing, talks about how they're going to be planting the tree. You, obviously, you can't have 20 million trees and like plant them by hand. That would take not only a lot of time, but a lot of hands. I mean, there's more than 20 million people in the world 
Right, but you can't. Okay, so you have Mark Rober talking about how you can't plan them all by hand, and then you have another guy, uh, Dustin from Smarter Every Day, who's talking about how you can't just plant a tree anywhere. That's true. You have too. to plant it in the right soil conditions as well as climate conditions. This is this is true. And so Mark Rober's solution to this problem is to use drones. Uh, essentially, there's a oh no, I don't remember what the company is called, but there's a company. Well, okay, if you watch Mark Rober's video on this, he'll tell you. But the company essentially has these very, very big drones with these like cartridge of seed pucks. Mm-hmm. And the pucks contain all the nutrients uh, to, you know, grow the seeds as well as like deterrent so that, you know, birds don't just mm-hmm. eat the seeds. How does it, does it just drop it on the ground? Like how yeah. does it get into the ground though? It, it drops on the ground. The, basically the puck is made of, I think like a soil type material. Got it. So, so it kind of will grow into, into the ground. The, got eventually, it. Got it. Um, which again, probably a hell of a lot faster than doing it all by hand. Probably. Um, but what's really cool is like they have these drones doing uh, imaging of the area to figure out where like ideal locations to drop the pucks are. Mm. And so I'm guessing when they say plant 20 million trees by 2020, what they're going to actually do is, you know, throw out a couple million of these pucks because each puck has like three or four seeds that would make sense um but still yeah i remember hearing i think i heard it on like science friday or something on npr first about how if we were to plant a certain number of trees like that would more or less i want to i don't want to say solve climate change but it would the trees would um ingest so much co2 that it would actually make a sizable dent in the amount of co2 in the atmosphere so this question may not stump you as much as it stumps other people, but if I were to ask, where does a tree get its mass? Um, like, how is it growing kind of thing? or like more, more, more to the fact of you have a tree, after 10 years it is a certain weight. Where did that weight mass come from? A um, bunch of different places converted solar energy into mass. It, um, why are you giving me this look? Keep going. Um, it converts water into mass. It converts. So you think trees are made of water? I mean, they contain they water. They definitely contain water, but yeah. what do you think the bulk of a tree is made of? Um, wood, which is a composite material. It's true. Uh, I'm trying to figure out where, you, where you're going with this. That'd be like, say, basically, what do trees eat is essentially what you're asking. It's a little bit more than what do trees eat, but what do trees use to make themselves big? Um, that's actually a really interesting question because I mean, obviously, the you know solar energy is well, converted. These into... are all the things that it uses to make itself big. But what is the component, the core thing that it is using to grow itself? Not dead how trees. It's no, no, no. Dirt in the ground. See, now that's the question that normally that's the answer that people tend to give. No, but, but it's that not doesn't dirt. make any sense, right? Because right. if you pot, if you plant a tree in a pot, and then after it's grown a bit, you don't have less ground. There's still the same amount of soil there. So where could that tree be getting its its mass from? I'll be honest. When I first oxygen, lo- you're very close. Nitrogen. When I, when I first heard this, further same idea. But uh, when I first heard this question was when I was watching all the tree videos on YouTube, mm-hmm. and I too was like, where where does it come from? I guess because yeah. he was not making fun of the people who said soil, but yeah. like. It obviously it's not soil. soil no well i'm looking at the plants in my house right and if it was soil you'd be like i'd be constantly <laughs> right like obviously i have to fill it with water constantly yep. Yep. and but obviously most, it needs to have some level of light most of that water though is not actually being contributed to the mass of the tree it's being evaporated in true fact, well no it is like i believe i don't think yeah I don't I, numbers again just watch some of these youtube videos yeah. they're great um carbon dioxide converts from they take carbon dioxide. Oh, not oxygen. Yeah, I meant to. And CO2. Right, right. It's breathing in the carbon dioxide. I don't so, know why I said oxygen. Yeah, yeah trees are essentially air. Well, not, not air. really. It's a joke, but. Right, still. well, tr- trees inhale the carbon dioxide. They're they giant then, carbon bags. Yeah, and then they exhale the, the O2 and keep the carbon. Yeah. Yeah. That and makes... so basically, what happened with the Industrial Revolution, we started burning a lot more trees. Right. As well as completely clearing them from the ground. And so all these, like, carbon bags that we were using to keep mm-hmm. the carbon out was just immediately exposed right. yeah. to the air. Well, that's what, um, uh, why um, uh, the, the various fires in the rainforest are so bad because not only are you- Are you talking about the ones that are being done just to deforest it? Yes. Because yeah. not only are you destroying trees that will inhale carbon dioxide, you are adding carbon dioxide to the air. So it's like, yeah. like a double, double whammy. whammy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so a lot of people have speculated that, you know, planting these millions and millions of trees will save us from global warming. The answer is probably not. It's a little bit too late. 
it'll definitely help mm -hmm. for sure. But it would, we would have needed to do this like 10, 20, 20 years ago. years ago. Yeah. For well, and I mean, the problem also is it takes a while for trees to grow. Yeah. It's not like you're suddenly like, hey, we have a forest now. Yeah. Um, and the other issue is, and you said this, that you have to make sure you plant it in the right environment that yeah. you're not then having to waste water on the trees. Yeah. I'm hoping, you know, with, first of all, I really hope this happens. Like I said, about 65 days um, to raise $20 million. I... I mean, you could go to YouTube real quick and click on any one of the links and it'll mm -hmm. show you how much they've currently raised, um, at least via YouTube. Right. Um, which, by the way, if you guys are interested in this uh, charity thing, like I said, go watch Mark Rober's video and then just click the donate link. It's very quick and easy. Um, now, here's the question. Yo. How do you know this is all legitimate? Uh, a little bit of trust. Obviously, but it's, it, where is the money going? I guess to the Arbor Foundation. Okay, so it's going. That's what I was gonna say. It's a little bit of trust in the sense that these are people that I've quote unquote followed for a while, mm -hmm. so I kind of understand how they operate. Teamtrees.org. Teamtrees.org. Help us plant twenty million trees around the globe. I I don't know how they're measuring forty million or four million. They say we've planted four million trees. That's that's what so, they're saying. Basically, the idea is, is it like each tree is a dollar? Yeah, because we're doing things in bulk. It brings the price down of the trees significantly. Mm -hmm. So you can easily make a dollar per tree. Interesting. Because again, all they're really doing is oh, flying those seed. drones and dropping those right. seeds. Interesting. Really, the money is probably going to the man hours required to do this, yeah. and not necessarily tree seeds. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's not a bad idea. At it's, all. What's it's, really cool is kind of how this entire thing started. Uh, do you know the YouTuber Mr. Beast? No. So he's kind of a, an interesting enigma on YouTube. Most of his videos involve him throwing large sums of money at random things. Interesting. Like he has a video on there where I donated $100,000 to a random Twitch streamer. Or um, I made a whole bunch of YouTubers uh, uh, do a giant paintball course. And the winner got some X number of dollars to donate to their favorite charity. Oh, okay. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's basically when he got his 20 millionth like subscriber, a whole bunch of people were like, you know what you should do for 20 million subscribers? You should plant 20 million trees. Oh, oh. It just became so viral that he's like, I'm going to do it. I could do that. All right. That's so pretty like, cool. Kind of like growing as a community. It's, it's one of those things that's really cool because YouTube in and of itself sometimes is like the cesspool of horribleness. True. But then occasionally they do something that's kind of neat. Well, I feel like most any kind of online media, social media, whatever. Large communities. Yeah, yeah, anything. Like, yeah, the vast majority are jackass whatever, but there's still some good things that happen. Yeah. Like, honestly, as awful as Facebook is, and, and don't get me wrong, I despise Facebook and Mark Are Zuckerberg. Don't say this. We just subscribe to them. They're now our overlords. Right, yeah. they. It is a very useful tool. It's an incredibly useful tool. Yeah. I just hate... It's really... It's Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, he's, he's got one of those faces. Yeah. That, for me, it's more... I've gotten more and more protective of my data. That, yes, yes. And uh, signing up for anything that requires me to give... Anytime a service is free, it's not free. It's free, but we're giving up our data for it. Yeah, Anyways. it's like tell us everything about yourself. Anyways, that was a went on a bit of a, a side tangent there. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, it's it's an interesting idea. I don't know if it's fully going to happen, and then of course, how big of a difference is it really going to make? So, yeah, I don't know if it'll make much of a difference. I, what they keep saying in the videos, it has a little bit less to do with the amount of trees they're going to plant. And more about sending a message that this is something right. we actually care about. Right. Think, think of the sensationalist news that you're going to get if they actually raise $20 million and then succeed to plant 20 million, 20 million trees. Seeds. Right. Yeah. Um, that, it's going to be a lot of press. Right. That'd be cool. What they really need to do is uh, plant seaweed. That would be interesting. Because seaweed actually. I don't know. I have no idea really how seaweed grows. It's Because it doesn't have a root system. And it, it just, can't breathe air. I mean, it does because it pulls uh, oxygen from out the water. from the water or carbon, a, a carbon dioxide. It pulls carbon dioxide like out of the water because most seaweed floats on top of the ocean. Yeah, I'm thinking like those giant kelp beds. Yeah. You have these like forests. They're really cool. Yeah, they, it, they pull it out of the water because I mean, water is not just H2O. There's a lot of other stuff in water. H2O. Um, but then it does expel, expel oxygen. And yeah, yeah. I remember there was the whole big crazy thing with the fires in the rainforest, how there was this, everybody was freaking out like, oh my God, we're going to lose our oxygen supply because the rainforest provides us with so much oxygen. And it does, but like 90% of our oxygen comes from seaweed. Interesting. I didn't know about that. Yeah. Because um, there's all, I mean, you think about 
A, the size of the ocean, and B, the amount of seaweed in the ocean that is... My thought would be that, sure, the ocean takes up, what, 70-ish percent of Mm -hmm. the world, but I would say of that 70%, probably 70% of that is so deep that you probably couldn't have seaweed growing. Again... Floating on the surface, but again, I imagine that would be floating near the surface. Right, and I I don't know enough about seaweed. I'm not an oceanographer. Right, or a seaweed expert. Seaweedologist? Sir, I'm I'm a seaweedologist. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting... I always find it kind of interesting that it's a weed. It's considered a weed that just lives in the sea. Now, is it actually considered a weed? Like, what's the definition of weed? I Um, believe... Is that just a misnomer? I mean, a weed depends on where you are. Like, a dandelion... Is a weed, but some people might think it's really pretty and not I a weed. Think, I think I think a weed is a social contract, a construct. Absolutely, it's it is a plant that you do not want to be growing where it's growing. Hashtag, essentially, hashtag not all weeds. There we go. Yes. All right. So um, yeah, go 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 watch one of these videos. They're yes. interesting and contribute if you can. Teamtrees.org. Teamtrees.org. It's interesting. Or you know, Mark Rover on YouTube or Smarter Every Day on YouTube or Smarter Every Day. I love that one by the way. Good. Also, number file. Like number file. The number file is a it's a math YouTube channel that's kind of hmm. like here's a really interesting quirky thing about math. They did an entire thing about trees. Interesting. Um, so you know it's it's out there. Interesting. Cool. On a different but not entirely unrelated note. I'm curious where you're going with this. So I'm, I'm I I was watching a, a show on Amazon recently. I actually binge watched it almost all of it last night. It's called Undone. Um, really interesting show. Um, it's about, so I don't want to give too much away. Yes, please. Um, but it basically, so it, there's two aspects of it that are really cool. One of them is it's, uh, rotoscoped. So what that means is it's a lot live action and then kind of hand drawn over. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Waking Life or a, a Scanner Darkly, a Scanner Darkly. It was Take On Me kind of in the same way? Yes, the I believe so. Video? Yes, um, yeah, somewhat. But it's it's a I love the style because it's basically real people, but because it's drawn over, you can have some kind of crazy things happening in the background and whatnot. And it's I love that style. Like it's a bit surreal. Yeah, and yeah. that fits in with the theme of the show. Basically, the the main character in the first episode gets into a car accident and suddenly can kind of has certain otherworldly powers, if you will. I have no idea what that thing was. See, this is why we mute our laptops. I did mute my laptop. Does your laptop override the mute? No, I literally turned it on do not disturb. Well, is that the same thing as mute? Yes. I don't think so, because it made noise. Anyways, ignore that little ding. I may be able to pull it out in post-production. And now Jeff's computer fan has gone on and sounding like it's going to take off. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, so... We're professional. We are very professional. Again, hi, Facebook people. <laughs> Anyways, um, okay, so totally lost my train of thought. Okay, girl gets into an accident, comes out of the car accident, kind of... she has the ability to. I don't want to give too much away there, but there's certain unworldly, un- otherworldly abilities, some maybe time travel-esque things. Oh, you um, have me there. Time travel is always a thing. Yes, a um, there's a big thing with her dead father. Anyways, there is a scene in the show where her deceased father, who is a physics professor, was uh, teaching his class and asked his class about, um, you know, what travels faster than light. And everybody's like, nothing travels faster than light. And he responds, that's not entirely true. And someone says, quantum entanglement. He's like, exactly. And that bugged the hell out of me because that's not really true. And the reason I say this sort of ties into the previous thing is that um, uh, photosynthesis is actually works on a quantum level. Okay. Anyway, so that was where the very slight, so, the slight. Let me just let me just make sure I understand what we're going going into right here. Uh-huh. Are we going into a nerd rant? Uh, yeah, a little bit. We're going into a nerd rant, guys. Get ready. Get your hats and nerd rant. Okay, so. Quantum entanglement, quantum physics in general, is drastically misunderstood by media. Like, I'm sure a lot of people have seen Ant-Man and all about the quantum realm. There's a great line in the second Ant-Man where Ant-Man, Paul Rudd, who is not a scientist, kind of looks at the two scientists like, do you just add quantum to the beginning of everything to sound cool? And that's kind of what happens, like, in everyday life. Um, 
I mean, specifically like science fiction movies. Basically, you know, in a sci-fi movie, you need some sort of plot device to make the the plot happen, and it's just easy enough because quantum isn't understood well enough right. that people to say, "Oh yeah, it's the the quantum disk drive." Right, and like, and there's true like quantum physics, quantum mechanics is kind of crazy because it is. It's a very different way of looking at our physical world. Right. So essentially, so for those who don't understand, quantum entanglement is essentially um, the entangling of two particles. So the when you entangle two particles, why, why are you giving me this look? Nothing. I'm just yeah. listening to your explanation. Um, so when you entangle two particles, it means, uh, okay, so let me back up. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. So quantum... Physics. This is kind of the reason why everyone is confused about quantum, because no one really understands quantum. All right, so quantum <laughs> physics is all about probability and waveforms. Yes. Um, so I'm sure you've heard the uh, the thing where you can't you can't simultaneously know a particle's speed and location. Yeah. So uh, based, I believe it's momentum and, and mo- location, yeah. position and momentum. Pum- yeah, posi- also position known as and Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. Right. So essentially, let's say you've got a photon moving. You can either know how fast the photon is or you can know its location. You can't know both yeah. because the minute you measure its location, it's no longer moving as of that location. Yeah. Basically, you pin one down and the other has yeah. to change. Um, simul- yeah. Simultaneously, if you are measuring anything on the quantum level, um, you don't know what it is until you measure it and you have what's called a waveform. And the waveform is essentially just... It's a probability equation. And that probability equation, it back up again. I'm again, I'm sure people have heard of Schrodinger's cat, where the idea is you have a cat in a box with a um, some poison, essentially. It depends on the story. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got a little vial of poison in the box with the cat. Um, there is a timer that counts down, and when the timer gets to zero, it's either going to open the vial of poison or it's not going to open the vial of poison, and you don't know what it is. So it's actually, it's more has to do with, um, there's a cat in a box, that part we, pretty much everyone understands the cat in the box mm-hmm. part. Um, not the cat in the hat part, the different guy. Uh, so what happens is there's a isotope that's actually uh, radioactive, that's... and it randomly emits a part of photon at a certain amount of time. And no one knows exactly what's going to do that. And right. then there's a detector that detects the photon and right. when the photon is detected. And I see, keep saying photon when I don't mean photon. No. That's but why again, I say the vial of poison, it's easier to understand. Because you basically have a vial of poison that will either open or not open. You're not sure what it will be until you open the box. Yes. And Needless to say, you got a cat in a box and it may or may not be dead. Right. And you don't know until you open the, the box. And so that is a... Um, Superposition. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of the the analogy for quantum superposition of you don't really know something until you actually measure it, and that it thus in the the case of the cat, the cat exists in the state of being both alive and dead until you open the box. Well, what's interesting is it's actually in all four states. It's both alive or dead, or alive and dead, or alive and dead. True, because you it's not it's quantum. All, all of the states all at once. Right, which because is what's the idea behind superposition? Right, is. because quantum physics it's not an either or. Yeah. It's a probability. And then once you open that box, you've collapsed the waveform of the cat down yes. into one state. Yes. Either alive or dead. Exactly. Anyway, so with quantum entanglement, what you have is you have two particles that um, are linked together for some reason. For some re- and it, the reason, right? For it. Typically, it's you. You t- typically to uh, entangle a particle, um, you fire a photon at like a teeny little slit, and then the photon flip, splits into two photons. Oh, is that how they do it? And those two photons are now entangled together. So what that means is, do you know what property is entangled? Uh, usually the spin. Yes. Um, which. I'm it's not even going to get into yeah, the spin. It's a vocab word that means something about the property yeah. of each particle. Anyway, so... And one, basically the idea is uh, you could have two states for the spin. Yeah, it's either... one is one state, the other one has to be another Right, state. so if you've got like spin up and spin down, one photon spin up, one photon is spin down. However, until you measure the photon, you don't know what spin state it is in. So you've got two photons. One has spin up, one has spin down. You don't know which one it is. You measure one photon, it's spin up. Well, the other one is then spin down. Has to be. Has to be. Now, where the entanglement parts and part comes in and where the uh, this theory of like, oh, well, quantum entanglement means you can travel faster than light is 
the photon is not in a spin up or spin down state until you measure it. So it's not like um, it, it's not like it splits and immediately one is spin up and one is spin down. They are in both states. There is a probability of this one is in this state and this one is in this state. The minute you measure one, okay, it collapses to spin up. The other one then immediately collapses to spin down. And the idea of why this can possibly uh, contribute to faster than light communication is, well, if you had the ability to change the spin of one of these things, since and, it happens instantaneously, then I could just, you know, start flipping it back and forth right. and send like Morse code to somebody light years away. And that you cannot do. That's where this, that's where that's this. That's where the mis miscommunication right. happens. So the example I was thinking of yesterday, because I saw this. So let's say you have uh, like two ping pong, two ping pong balls. Um, they can either be red or green. Okay. Um, you don't know which one it is. You've got both of them. They are vacillating between red and green. I mean, you know, you can't tell. So you fly to the moon with one of them and the other one's on Earth. You open up the, the one that is the one you have on the moon. You open it. It suddenly is red. You now know the one on Earth is green. However, the thing is, is that's not communication because yeah. you have no idea whether it's red or green. So while, yes, it may collapse from immediately that does not allow you to actually communicate anything. So let me let me kind of try to phrase that same thing in a slightly different way. Imagine you had one red and one green ping pong ball. Mm -hmm. You put it in a hat mm -hmm. and you and your friend grabbed one each, but mm -hmm. you didn't look at them. Mm -hmm. Then I drive all the way to California, you drive all the way to New York, mm -hmm. and I look at mine and I see it's red. Mm -hmm. I immediately know he has the green one, but you didn't communicate any information from me. That was simply because of the original probability that was collapsed down. Exactly. Exactly. There was not... There now, was, if I could somehow change mine from red to green... That would theoretically then change mine. However, entanglement is very fragile. Oh, also... And uh, the minute you... Basically, the minute you try and change... Like, if you are manually changing the state, you've basically unentangled the particles. Yeah. Uh, also, just as a side note, neither of us are particle physicists or quantum physicists so we're probably saying a lot of things that are wrong potentially i have read a lot about it i, I have not i have like i i i find quantum physics and most physics stuff fascinating quantum physics relativity relativity especially is really cool anyways um read a brief history of time by stephen hawking great book um <laughs> He also has so, one called A Universe in the Nutshell, also a great book. So, so essentially the rant is... The rant is is that quantum entanglement is not faster than light um, communication. It has... It, the, uh, I think it was... Ein, was, it, was it Einstein? I can't remember who described quantum entanglement as... Um, uh, oh, shoot. What was, was it? The spooky physics at a distance or something like that? Maybe. I don't um, remember is maybe it was Einstein. Shoot. Just really didn't like the entire subject of quantum. Uh, yeah. It entirely. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, here we go. Yeah, Albert Einstein described it as spooky action at a distance. Interesting. Um, and it is kind of because there is this link between two particles that it doesn't matter the distance that they're at. There is this inextricable, inextricable link. Inexplicable? No, inextricable. Inextricable? Basically, not inexplicable, where Wait, you can't explain it. Is something word? Yeah, inextricable. Uh, wow. In you know, just, just stop saying it and make it a word of the final word or something. Yes. Inexorable, maybe? That's the word I'm with? Oh, maybe I have heard that word before. Yeah. In anyways, there's this link <laughs> between the two particles that exists, regardless of how far away they are. But it's not really communication because we simply don't know. So like I, an example, someone I read somewhere of like, well, couldn't we do this? So let's say you have a box, you have two boxes of particles. Um, you open one box. So let's, okay. You are traveling to Alpha Centauri. Okay. Um, you land on a planet and you want to immediately communicate this planet can support life or this planet can't support life. So let's say you have two boxes with uh, um, entangled particles. Well, I guess I have two boxes, or I have one of the two boxes. You have two boxes. So there's total. Of, there's a total of four, four boxes. boxes. Okay. There's box A, 
There's box A1, A2, box B1, B2. Okay. So box A1 is linked with box A2, box B1 is linked with box B2. Makes sense. So the person said, okay, if you get to the planet and it um, supports life, you open up box A1. And then you measure what it is. The problem is you don't know what you're going to measure until you open it up. And so... Yeah, so basically the idea being if I open box A1, it collapses box A2, and they'll know which one I opened. But they but won't. Since they go to measure theirs, they've collapsed it regardless. Right. So like, so, so if they... Exactly. they no measure if it hasn't been measured. Exactly. So they could open up A2 and be like, oh, it collapsed. Then they could also open B1 and be like, oh, it collapsed, and it doesn't actually do anything for you. I mean, I think, I think really the moral... So... I'm not nearly, I'm okay. Let me say it this way. I thought that I'm not fascinated by quantum physics. It's that it's so beyond my understanding that I just don't care. Like, I understand that. You make the statement, oh, we can entangle particles. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that I, that I, means I, almost nothing to me. I get that. And I get, and but, I just, I love the concepts because they are so drastically different from. So you've been, so basically, and this is one of the things physics physicists have been trying to figure out forever with string theory and M theory and quantum gravity is there is a drastic discrepancy between quantum mechanics and regular mechanics, if you will. Newtonian. Newtonian, yes. Newtonian physics and quantum physics. They act completely differently from each other. And trying to reconcile the two has been really 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 difficult and there's been all these different theories and none of them have fully come to pass yeah and i find that fascinating i it's not that again i don't find it not fascinating i think it's just because my background in mathematics where you know we have we prove stuff Mm -hmm. i feel like you make the statement of or excuse me the statement is made particles are entangled Mm-hmm. And there's so much weight behind those words that we're just skipping over entirely. That like, well, for me, I'm like, unless you can prove what that means and in an actual physical world, well, and, and that, that's just like it's there. Well, and that's that's where the the uh, the the slit comes in. So, yeah, yeah. so for those who don't know this, this is another thing you probably may have learned in high school physics. So um, light acts as both a particle and a wave. Uh, photons are particles, but they have um, they they can travel at the speed of light. So they have no mass, and then they act like a wave because they don't um, uh, interfere with each other. Or excuse me, they act like a particle because they don't interfere with each other, but they act like a wave because they can travel faster than light. Yeah, it's it's a whole. Anyways, so when you fire, it's usually done with a laser. And you have a teeny tiny slit of paper. Two slits. Two slits. Yeah. Double slit. Double slit it. So you have like a a piece of paper with two very small slits in it. Very gold foil. Yeah, like right next to each other. You fire a laser. Maybe not quite an atom thick, or maybe a little more than an atom thick. Like it's extremely like it's imperceptible to the human eye, essentially, without a magnifying glass or a, a a. not a magnifying glass. A microscope. microscope. Thank you. That's the Probably word. Probably an electron microscope. Probably. Anyways, you fire a laser at this slit and you would think, all right, I'm just going to get two dots. Instead, you get an entire you get array. You an interference pattern that you would expect to see with a wave when you thought it was a particle. Right. And that kind of kicked off the entirety of quantum physics in and of itself. Right. So when you do that, you have taken a single photon and split it into multiple photons. Those photons are now entangled together. Also, do you mean electrons or photons? Photons. I'm pretty sure it's electrons. No, it's photons. Because they shoot an electron gun at the... uh, You can do a laser. Have you ever seen the experiment done? Because you can do it with a laser. And it's... What's a laser? Literally, a red laser, you will see the red lights. Yeah, no, I've seen this, yeah. Yeah, a red laser is photons. Okay. They're not electrons, because if it was electrons, you wouldn't be able to see it. I mean, the thing in your TV is an electron gun. Um, Which, that well, well the old okay. TV, the old, old CRTs. TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The old CRTs. In the 90s again. Yeah, because the electron gun um, uh, excites the phosphorus on the inside of the uh, yes. picture tube. So this is another one of those reasons I don't like talking about this kind of a subject is I don't know enough. Yeah. And so I just constantly feel like I'm making an ass of myself. Well, no, anyways, so essentially when you split a photon in two using a slit, those photons are entangled. That's that's what that's the simplest explanation of how you entangle a particle. 
And all of the all that entangling means is simply that the measurement of one affects the measurement of the other. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean anything more than that, really. It's Which, not how this. Do they, how do they prove that? Um, that's a really good question, and that I don't know if I have the answer to. And yeah, that's that's, that's a really good question that's because the math me in my mind going mm, they speak. My 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 guess would probably be experiments of okay i've split the photon i'm now going to measure photon a but then they measure photon b but and that in and of itself would right but you measure photon a first and you know okay if these are entangled then i know photon b is going to be this and you do that enough times and you're always getting the same result that if photon a is that I have no idea. I have no idea how you measure the spin state of a photon. Yeah. I don't even fully understand what the spin state means. It has something to do with the electron. Maybe some quarks in there. Uh, yeah, that part. Like, I, I could read about it and probably figure it out. But that that the, the spin state I always find fascinating. And anyway, I find quantum mechanics fascinating in general. And it drives me crazy how it is portrayed in media at times. Especially like when it was came to like Ant Man and other like sci fi shows where it's really like we're not trying to be real here, we're just having fun with it. I'm okay with it when it's done in like a uh, like in this show Undone, where it was a, kind of done in a way of like we really know what we're talking about. What like, year is that show this year? No, no, what year does it take place in? this year? Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, um, yeah, 2018, 2019, whenever it All was right. finished filming. Um, anyways, so that's my whole long rant, and maybe you learn a little bit about quantum mechanics in or the process. Or maybe you just continue your your understanding of, mm -hmm. hey, they said quantum, that must be science. Mm -hmm. um, ooh, you know, actually, hold on, this is a really cool example I thought of last night as far as um, quantum superposition. You know, I was talking about the ping pong ball being either red or green, you don't know. Mm -hmm. Think of spinning a top. Uh -huh. You're spinning the top, and in my, I was thinking a dreidel. A dreidel's a top, and there's... He's Jewish. This is true. Um, so a dreidel has four sides to it, and you spin it, and when it lands on whatever side up, you it's a whole game. It's like a gambling game. Anyways, while you're spinning the dreidel, you do not know what side is going to go up. For all intents and purposes, it exists in, every, in, in each of those four states until it stops, sure. and then it collapses down to one state. Although in this instance, it's not as analogous because you could model the dreidel spinning. True, but what I'm and saying is and use uh, traditional mechanics. Right, but that's not the point. What I'm saying, this is not a, this is exactly what it is. This is the analogy of for you to think of how could something exist in multiple states at once. Think of a spinning top. Yeah. And actually, it really works well with the spinning top because imagine you, t you paint the top of the spinning top red and green. Mm -hmm. You spin that guy and you look, it's not red and green. It's like a weird brown. Exactly. It's both of those until it stops. And you can think of the stopping is when you measure it, which you could do. You could stop it and you're like, oh, it just collapsed into that state now. Anyways. Cool. All right. Hash backslash rant over? Yeah, I think so. All right. Yeah. We're going to move into uh, something a little bit lighter now, I believe. Yeah. So I... If you recall, back in episode 14, I had a audio-based game where I had Aaron try to identify animal noises after I had reversed and slowed them down, Pretty and they awesome. sound like horrifying monsters. They do. It go, was, go check out episode it was, 14. It was, it was, it was some, some of them were pretty terrifying. I can't remember which one was just like some like otherworldly screech or something. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. I think they've been the dolphin, to yeah. Just to be, to, anyways, so I thought, okay, what other kind of audio game can I do that you know is suitable for an audio-based format uh and what i ended up doing is i grabbed my microphone back at home and then i just grabbed whatever shit i had nearby oh interesting and started making noises with it okay the game is you figure out what those noises were okay so i've ordered them easiest to hardest with one being the easiest three being the hardest cool uh and we're gonna start off with a zero because it should be so obvious that everyone should figure it out I have no idea. That yeah, is so complicated. That so that would be a uh, a can opening. Yep. Now I don't know what the can of it was. It could have I been think it was Dr Pepper. Okay. It doesn't really matter. Obviously something carbonated. I don't think you could hear the, the label of the can. Probably That'd not. Be some crazy. I wonder shit. if uh, each uh, uh, like if there's you know, slightly there's, different carbonation between you know the different you, ones. You probably just, especially if I had opened my um, uh, minute made lemonade stuff. Oh, that, that would totally right. Exactly, it would have made a very different sound. Okay, Anyways, so here's, continue. here's another one. This is uh, a number one. 
Um, um, that sounds um like a like scissors. Like. That is scissors. Yeah. You got it. Okay. How about this guy? Play that again. Play it again. It sounds like you're like tapping on something. No, nope. I should have not made this a number one. I thought it'd be really easy. I'll go one more time. A keyboard? Like a, no. Would you like a hint? Yes. Um. I, now I have to think of a hint. Dang it! I should have thought of hints. Yeah, we'll go to the next one. Let's go uh, to the next one. No, no, no. I'll, I'll give you a hint. Okay. Uh. Shoot! No, I can't think of hints. Um. 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 Regulation on this thing would be terrible for a lot of people. I don't know what the hell that means. <laughs> Regulation. I don't. What, what, what does that mean? Regulation. Would... People would hate to control these things. I have no idea what you're going at with here. It's it's made by Nerf. Is that a is that a Nerf gun? It's a Nerf shotgun. Okay, I thought you were. I was. I, I couldn't think. Well, what I was going to do is I was actually going to gesture what I was doing. Uh -huh. The problem is it's an audio. -based. Well, when you were <laughs> saying like, I was thinking like, are you cocking a gun? But you don't own a gun. I actually own two. Like two shotguns. Do you really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay, here's another one. This one should be pretty easy to figure out, but I want you to do one extra part. Okay. So. Right, that, that's a keyboard. What am I typing? I'll replay it from the beginning. So okay, so the so the the loudest one is a space bar. Yes. How many space bars are there? One, two. Okay, so how many words is it? There's three words. How many letters is the first? Is it the final word? No. Wait, it started that would, over that would again. Have been a better, yeah. The final word would have been better. Word yeah, it started over again. Okay, so count the number of letters in that yeah, first yeah, yeah. word. He's now just staring out into the middle. Play it again. I got to... Well, how many did, how many letters did the first one? I mi I think it was it was either four or five. It was five. It was five. Yeah. And then the second was it just two. one, two? two? It was two, and the then one, one was was four. was four. Okay. Honestly, I don't think you're gonna get it. Uh, so you might get that first word, giving some context with. What would we're the doing second here. one be it? Uh, is. Is okay. The first five. Aaron is. Yep. And then four. What could it be? Aaron is cool. Yes. Woohoo! You did it. It was Aaron is cool. That's awesome. Uh, okay, uh, here's another number one. Is that your laptop keyboard? No. Or is that a bubble? No, it's not bubble wrap. I really underestimate your ability to do this. Yeah, apparently, I that it, uh, is that. I'll give you another hand. Spray paint? Oh, you're shaking up a bottle of spray paint. That is a bottle of spray paint. See, I think you're when you did it, like you know what you're doing, so you feel like it's a lot easier than. Well, I mean, I got some of these right, like keyboard and scissors were pretty easy. Yeah. This one, but also, like I haven't shaken a bottle of spray paint in forever. That's a fair point. This one should also be pretty easy. Tape. Yep. See, I got most of these right. Okay, let's go to number twos. What are, we, what are we going up to here? Is that compressed air? Very close. And actually practically true. Is that... You use it in cooking. Oh, is that uh, whatever the... Uh, canola oil. Canola oil spray, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, okay. This one's for my mom. <laughs> that that I, I could go in some very unfortunate directions with that. Um, You'll you, never get this. You're never going to get this. It's something to do with water and yes. bubbles. Yeah. So and it sounds very much toilet-esque. Right. Well, it, actually, that kind of makes sense based on what it is. So a while back for my birthday, my mom bought me this fish jug that you use to like pour people water. Mm. But it's cool in the sense that it will make these weird like bubble noises yeah, when you yeah. pour it. Um, uh, uh, oh, oh, okay, we're going to go to a three just because... Uh, I don't know how much time we have left. But I mean, try that one. Sounds like you're like 
ripping paper or something. Very close. Like uh, wrapping paper or something. Like two. Oh, is that tissue pulling yeah, tissues out pulling of? Tissues out. Uh, okay, how about this one? It, it sounds like like a laptop keyboard, or just goes to show what you kind of items you interact with on a daily right. basis. Honestly, this one I wouldn't expect you to get, mainly because I don't even know if you own one. What? No, you probably own one. Is it? Are you? How are you interacting with it? Like, I am rubbing it. I don't want to answer anymore. I have no idea. It's the bristles on a comb. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. I I feel like, you know, like bringing on a microphone up close to that probably changes the sound oh, rather drastically. Especially because it adds air to it. Yeah. Okay, ready? Is that your, that's a fan. Um, I don't know if it's that your, if that, is that your furnace fan? Is it just a floor standing fan? Is it the microwave fan or the stove microwave. fan? It's the microwave fan. Uh, okay, I got... What's another good one? I got two more, and okay. then, we'll, then we'll be done with this experiment. So, Sounds like you're plucking something. Very close. It's related to one of the other ones I've given you. Uh, something to do with cooking? Something to do with like a knife or like a... No. No. Is it something... You're plucking a piece of metal? I am plucking a piece of metal. Okay. Is it a metal comb? No. Um, <laughs> that would, that'd be painful. My dad, like a pick. Have you ever seen the oh, metal okay. picks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, not a metal comb. Um, okay. Is Are you plucking scissors? No. I'll give you another hint. Drink. Are, oh, are you doing the the like that? Yeah. The plucking the can, if you yeah, will. Yeah, this is the can tab. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, last one. Sharpie or magic marker on a piece of paper? Nope. You're close. Writing something on a piece of paper? No. Something involving a piece of paper? Yes. Something involving rubbing said piece of paper. Kind of, but not entirely. Are you writing something on the piece of paper? You might want to change your plurality from piece to multiple. Are you you writing on multiple pieces of paper? I'm not writing anything. Is that a printer? No. Nope. Is that the is is that your cat like no, digging no, no, into no, no, paper? No, no. Um multiple pieces of paper. Yeah. Usually bound together. Oh, are you flipping through a book? I'm flipping through a book. Interesting. Now, for a thousand mystery points, what book? I don't know what books you own. That's, that's a very good question. What, uh, I'll narrow it down for was you. Was it a textbook? No. It was, was, it? It was, a, it was a, a young novel. A, a young, young novel. novel. young adult novel. So not Magic 2.0. No, not Magic. I don't even know that in physical. Um, young adult. Okay, fantasy? Yep. Um... Uh, Hunger Games? No, I hated the Hunger Games. Harry Potter? Yes. Yes. Which one? Uh, you have one in seven chance. This is true. You only get one guess. Three. I don't know what three is. Um, uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. No, Order of Phoenix. Ah. All right. Well, All right. That was, I, I like the animal sounds backwards more. I, I do too. Um, it was a good experiment though. You know, just you got to experiment with the medium and yeah. to see uh, see where it gets you. Yeah. Yeah. In this case, it got us nowhere. I mean, it was interesting. Uh, I think it was not as exciting as perhaps it could have been. Well, I don't even know how I can make that better. No, uh, we'll no. We'll have to think about other... Yeah, um, well, because I think what happens is certain sounds, like when you bring them up close to a microphone, yeah. they change. Very much so. Like the, like the comb. Like if I were to do that... Well, also, I'm not using one of those, like... Actually, it's a brush. It's not a comb. Even still, like, I feel like the sound yeah. would be very different in person versus on a microphone. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it makes it a little more difficult. You ready for the final word? I'm ready for the final word. The final word is Silvix. S-I-L-V-I-X? S-I-L-V-I-C-S. Silvix. Silvix. I'm assuming it has absolutely nothing to do with silver. I don't think so. 
noun, verb, adjective. I noun. What use it in a sentence? Um. Due to a thing that is currently happening in the current events of the world, someone needs to know a lot about Silvix. Okay, so Silvix is a noun. Um, Maybe. I might be using that wrong. This is, unlike most of the words, this one doesn't actually have a nice Google uh, pronunciation and definition that you can press and touch. What are you doing? Nothing. Nothing. Don't be touching the keyboard. Nothing. I'm not doing anything. I'm not trading. Um, I was actually checking the time. Uh, That's fair. um, I can give you a really good one. Okay, give me a really good one. It had to do with our first topic. Of today? Yes. Okay, so something to do with trees or global warming? What you you tell me? What okay? Does it uh, that or give up? Okay, I'm gonna say it has something to do with trees. It has something to do with the anatomy of a tree. Yeah, more or less. It's it's, it's uh, silvix is the term used for the characteristics that define the life history, growth, behavior, and ecology of a tree. That's a very broad word. Yeah. Yeah, it's it seems almost useless. <laughs> Kinda. How did you? Where did that come from? One of the videos. Ah, uh, yeah. somebody used the term silvix. I'm guessing it's probably like, the one in Mark Rober. Interesting. Silvix. It's an interesting word. I feel also, like my mom watched the video and was like, "Hey, you should use this word." And I was like, "That one's relevant." Got it. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to look up silvix now. Like silvix. Silvix. Silvix Manual Volume One: Conifers in Volume Two: Hardwoods. Yeah. Interesting. Silvix of North America. Silvix. It's kind of funny. There's a fantasy RPG that has a race of creature called Sylvans and they're tree creatures. So it's the study of the life history and characteristics of forest trees, especially as they occur in stands and with particular reference to environmental influences. That is just a crazily specific word. Yeah. Unlike some of my other words, you will never use this in 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 just conversation. Ever. Like, I could try, but I don't even think I would have a conversation in which I could use that word. Yeah, it's basically like... Kind of a useless word. Yeah. Unlike chagrin, which I use that We're, very commonly. It is a scientific word, which it's will not be used scientific. outside of the scientific community. Blimey. Yeah, basically. Anyways. Cool. Well, thanks for joining us. If this was your first time, really thanks for joining us. Yes, welcome. If our, it was not your first time and you've been here since the beginning, then Thanks awesome. for continuing Super. to join us. Yeah. Typically, our episodes are not quite this long. I think our last ones have been actually pretty long. They're, they're getting longer, which is a sign of good. Good or bad? I don't know. It's a sign that we actually need to start editing these things. Perhaps, yes. (laughs) And maybe ramble less as we are rambling right now. And I'm going to continue to ramble as the outro song kicks in. Yeah, listen to the beats.